there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personal Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome back to another episode. We don't have a lot of great news to talk about today. Oh, well, you know, baseball. Baseball had some good news. One, some good games. success. Some good successes. Um, but uh, I, I just think it's interesting that this is not the first, nor will it be the last time that the main man over there, Spencer, is wearing his David Yost hair raid T-shirt as we record this podcast. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I I probably mentioned this last time I uh, we recorded. Or there was a time the past couple of weeks I wore this shirt. And somebody pointed, I was like, is that David Yost? I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> you bet it is. This is a collector's <laughs> item. <laughs> he was like, oh, what did he say? Uh, the dearly departed or something. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we've got we've got a podcast full of bad news. So if this is not your show, later. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, basketball season to recap. Give our impressions on the, the tournament games. Friday and Sunday, look at the the team, give our assessment how we how we feel after the season's over. Where do we think the team slash Chris Beard should go next? Um, look at baseball, more spring football. You know, practice has started. Our man with elite lettuce is on campus. Oh, just I love that I mean, quote. Thanks, Kyle. We'll yeah. always and forever refer to him as someone with elite lettuce. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And then get to, um, you know, some things that we learned. I'm, de- I'm dealing with a little bit of a sinus infection following last week's dust storms in Lubbock. <laughs> oh, I can't see that having affected you at all. No, my, my nose, my, my sinuses were perfectly fine. Um, yeah, man, it just, it sucked. It it was the worst Sunday, Monday, um, and Monday actually. And this is, so we're recording on Wednesday a day late because Michael texted me at like 10 o'clock last night. He's like, Hey, are you okay? We didn't ever record. I was like, yeah, I totally forgot. <laughs> um, well, I was legit kind of worried because I thought this has never happened before. No, I'm always like, like Tuesday, it's podcast day. I'm the one I have to remind Samantha because she always forgets. And we have like, no, it's podcast day. It's podcast. Well, day. I knew you had Little League. I thought, you know, based on your track record at Little League lately, there's usually been some injury. No, there was no injury. And I well, thought, oh, no, I hope Grayson's <laughs> not hurt. And they had to go. There. I mean, I was coming up with all these scenarios in my head <laughs> as to why I hadn't heard from you. But I'm glad that all it was was just it slipped your mind. That's much better than 
no, we had to go to the ER. We, this, you know, this awful thing happened. Like, oh, okay. Something slipped your mind. That's cool. No. So got it. Yes. There was an injury. No, it wasn't to Grayson or our team. Uh, I knew there was an injury. Another kid got hit in the face. And like, this is, <sighs> this is a, a recurring uh, thing that happens in, I guess, coach pitch. Uh, really quickly runner on the other team had gotten to sec had, had got to second base and we threw the ball uh, it was on a force. So we're trying to get him out. So we, the kid threw it kind of hard. Second baseman missed the ball and it caught this dude right on the nose. Oh man. And, and the throw was coming from third. So like it wasn't too far away and the dude put some arm behind it. Um, he was fine. So he left the game to get an ice pack. Um, Anyways, he came back and finished the game. He's fine. Um, no. So what happened Monday, I spent the entire day in jury duty or jury, the jury selection process. Um, Wadir, Wardire, some of the West Texans call it. Um, so it, like it, it threw my whole week off, or at least that, that, that's what I'm blaming it on because it just didn't feel like a Monday. Cause I like, like legit spent all day up at the, um, the civic center theater where the Lubbock symphony typically, or had played before the buddy Holly center. Mm, yep. They had, um, I guess under, under the state Supreme court had gotten permission to use that as an official, um, courtroom for the jury selection process. So they brought in 70 of us prospective jurors. Your boy was jury number juror number 26. So I was the front third mm. had a pretty good shot of making the, the first 13 first round draft pick, but well, well, so, so here's what happened. They, they, the DA was going through and say, Hey, this is the case. This is who we potentially could be calling to the witness stand. Let us know if you have any, um, connections to these people. And they had a huge witness list, knew nobody, which is fine. Then they said, here's who we have on our, on our offices. Do you know anybody? And sitting up there, I recognize this guy from an umpire that I used to the call games with 10 oh, years gosh. ago, so, like a really tangential. Oh dude. So tangent, except like I also saw him at little league tryouts in January. So like I had just seen okay. him. So it was one of those things where like, I, I couldn't not disclose it because we had discussed it. We made eye contact as we came in. So like he, he saw me, recognized me. I was like, Oh, Hey, what's up, man? So it's the DA's lead investigator for this case. So they were asking, do, do you know anybody? I was like, yeah, I, I know the investigator. He's like, how do you know him? I was like, well, we were little league umpires like 10 years ago. They're like, do you think you could be impartial about any, any of his evidence produced? Like, yeah, of course. I don't <laughs> Whatever. It's like, no, I mean, he's, he's my best friend. friend. He's my blood brother, <laughs> which unsurprisingly, like people are trying to get out of them. Jared, you're like, yeah, I went to high school with that guy and I would never believe a word he said <laughs> <laughs> in terms of like witnesses or whatever. It's like the, the thing that frustrated me. So I sat there until four 45 when they, they announced the jury selection. I was not part of it. They, they picked a handful of people in front of me and hand handful of people behind me. So it's not, not like they filled out the 12 or 13 jury before they got to jury number 26. There was a bunch of people behind me that got, got selected, which means I was not selected. I was like, okay, if you eliminated me because I knew your investigator, let me go. Then I could have <laughs> gotten so much else done with my day. 
like not forget it was Monday. That's Long right. story short, I forgot yesterday it was Tuesday. Also had a baseball game. Anyways, it's wild. Today's Wednesday. We're moving on. I was, uh, I mean, it, if you're a follower of the show on Twitter, which we'd appreciate at 23 personnel, you will notice I was quiet during the game on Sunday. I was watching it with family and, um, was not going well. I mean, it, it was in, in stretches, but I was like, so in the game, I was not going to be like messing with my phone as well. I, I, I don't, I don't even think I was like in the group chat very much. No, I, I think that's the way to do it, but I just can't resist it. Sometimes I watch the whole first half without being on Twitter or, you know, texting friends or chatting with y'all or anything. And then the second half, I don't know why, but I just like went all in, got the tablet out so I could type faster and check <laughs> things more. And was just like, Oh, I, I don't know. I just kind of overwhelmed myself with, 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 uh, takes and opinions and got myself a little bit more fired up than I probably needed to. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. Like I said, follow the show at 23 personnel. You can follow me. Punts suck. Michael at Michael underscore LBK. You can also follow us on Instagram, 23 personnel podcast. Need to remind everybody home field apparel has a text tech line. Home field apparel. You get a 15% discount on your first purchase. If you use promo code 23 personnel. That's right. That's right. Copy some of that goodness. Like I said, we'll also talk basketball, like the games, season wrap up, and um, baseball. But guys, you know that as one of our newest sponsors on the podcast, you can pick up the very best sneakers at eBay sneakers from rare dead stock to the latest release. You can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay as the original sneaker marketplace. eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing in partnership with eBay armchair media. We'll be raffling off four custom made sneakers. Each purchase you make before March 31st, which is a week from today through ebay.com slash sneakers will enter you into a drawing for one for a one of one pair of air force one low tops. So not only is there a raffle, there is a giveaway to get in on the giveaway. Just screenshot your receipt, send it over to at armchair media on Twitter or Instagram. Friends bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. NBA is in full swing. College basketball heats up as the schools make their way to the madness. Sweet 16 fires up this weekend. So the tournament is here, as you know, and so is the $100,000 bracket madness contest as bet online is the spot to be for all your bracketology needs. Bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50% bet online, your online sports book experts. Yo, my bracket is destroyed. I haven't even looked at mine. My phone randomly started um, all of my apps or several of my apps. When I try to open them, they would immediately crash. And I blamed the ESPN tournament tournament challenge 
app because that was Fair. the most recent one I did. And yeah. I, yeah, I haven't checked it. So I, all that to say, no, I have no idea. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to basketball. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. So I still can't decide if I want to cut some new highlights into that from this year. One, you're not going to hear the crowd reactions like you did in, in those recordings. Cause every time. Yes. Um, I mean, that was the thing I'd gotten so used for the last or so used to the last eight or nine months of sports in relative silence or kind of weird piped in or, you know, I got kind of used to it and then it would throw me off completely when I would hear highlights, even when you play this intro or, yeah. you know, when they were showing highlights of the last tournament or, you know, all these different things where they would show them on TV. I'm like, gosh, that's how this, that's how these arenas used to sound. Like the announcers would be screaming just to be heard and they have a microphone in front of their face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, I think when hacks comes up on some of those baseball ones, uh, you know, there's a, there's been several times for whatever reason in the last three weeks that it seems like I've seen replays of full arenas and just gone, oh my gosh, I miss that. I miss that. That's how that's supposed to sound. Yeah. So Texas Tech was the sixth seed in the South region. You lined up with 11 seed Utah State on Friday, 1245 on TNT. Texas Tech wins this game comfortably in the second half by 12 65 53 i think the halftime adjustment was stop driving at cato <laughs> yeah dude racked up six blocks in the first half cato is obviously their seven foot center um nemias nemias cato i don't know, he played the entire 40 like he did not come off the court no um and the way he played in the first half, you like, yeah, why would you take him off? Um, game plan changed a little bit. Uh, stopped going after him. He finished the day, though, with nearly a triple-double. He had 11 points, 13 rebounds, 7 blocks. The dude was swatting stuff into the stands. I mean... At one point, they were counting how many rows up one of his <laughs> blocks went into the stands. Yeah, I mean, he he had a decent day, five for eight shooting. It, it's not like he tech did not shut him down. They limited him a little bit. That's kind of what we hoped they'd be able to do. And and by a little bit, I think I saw when 
Dan had the Q&A with the Utah State blogger that I think Kata's last five or seven games, he was averaging 20 points, you know, and for the year he averages 15. So he was rolling in pretty on a pretty hot streak. So the fact that Tech held him to just 11, uh, you know, he only got to the line once. It's, it's been, you know, it, it, they did, they did their part. Uh, you know, the other thing they did that we were not really that worried about, but it has been a pattern this year is just tech did not get beat on the threes. Um, I think Utah state, I mentioned it last week was 33% coming into the game. Well, they shot 21% on Friday, uh, including 12 and a half percent in the first half. So really ice cold from three that always helps. It's a nice change of pace for tech teams to face. Um, so yeah, no one, you know, we were, I won't, I'm not going to say we were fortunate because after that crazy run with Shannon basically kind of taking over the game, either with steals and shots and everything uh, midway through the second half, I'm not going to say we were fortunate, but you know, the fact that we didn't let Kata beat us, and then the next high point guy, Justin Bean, had 13. You know, we really didn't let someone not named Kata beat us, although they did have quite a few open looks at three. They just fortunately were not going in. Four for 19 on the day. Yikes. Yeah, and that's something that we kind of pointed out. Is like That's not their their offensive style, is to, to shoot threes. Right. Um, it was Bean, Kato, and... Uh, no, I keep saying Kato. Kato and... It's either Anthony or Anderson are, are their big contributors. Uh, on Friday, it was Anthony more so than Anderson. Um, yeah, so Kata had, what was it like in, in their in their first little run at the beginning of the game, he hit two shots back to back and was also really involved on, on the defensive side. You're like, oh man, here he comes, right? Um, at halftime, you go in down 23 26 you had a little bit of a lead uh then utah state went on a little bit of run you were able to close it second half completely different like i said your offensive uh system at least your identity your your idea of how you're going to score changed because it was not going to be driving at the seven footer you scored 42 points in the second half compared to just your 23 in the first part of that has to do with some depth um but you also held utah state to 27 uh, so they scored 26 and 27. He scored 23 and 42. Another big number here is the turnovers. Tech turned Utah State over 22 times. Yeah. And and what was it like? The, it feels like there was a big stretch there, at least like the second half where there weren't any turnovers. Like there was. um, uh, I, I, I can't see the halftime breaks for for turnovers, but like it, I think they had 13 or 14 at halftime. And, and they were able to clean it up a little bit and only surrender eight or nine more in the second half, which is a game for Texas Tech, but 22 right, turnovers. Which was, yeah, which was concerning because, you know, to have that, that many turnovers in the first half and then go down by three into halftime, you're, you're thinking, oh, well, surely they've got to get hot at some point. Well, yeah, you Texas Tech as a team shot 28% from the field in the first half. That was your biggest thing. You were nine of 32. Second half. You were 17 of 30. So you took fewer shots and you made almost twice as many. Mm. Um, your free throws were about the same. You were three, not, not free throws, your three pointers. First half, you were three of eight. Second half, four of 10. Um, you only shot 
eight free throws in the game. Yeah, and they shot ten. There weren't a lot of which is fine. Like this, this it is, was a quick game. That felt is, like that game was over fast. <laughs> tournament basketball. When you look up and you see Doug Sermons is officiating this game, you're like, holy crap, not again! And then you get eighteen combined free throws. You're like, I can live with that. Yeah, that's that seems pretty balanced. Yeah, so there were no issues for me in that game. I was like, you, you did what you were, you were supposed to. It took a little bit longer to figure out what you wanted to do against the size of Utah State. Um, Arkansas, though, like you were coming in favored, but it was like one point favored. Um, and this game was billed as like identical defenses going head to head. Uh, and they weren't identical, but they were both strong, uh, defensively minded teams. I would say Arkansas had a much better offensive attack to go with it, which I think we covered in the preview last week. You you lose this game by two. Um, again, kind of like even though the game was as close as it was, both teams had like huge, huge runs. Uh, I remember Texas Tech, they were down, what, like 10, 11, 12 in the second half? They had a 13-0 run, I think, at one point. Or during, if that's what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, and then went on this big run. In just a couple of minutes, like, well, from what I felt was, okay, the game's over and, like, Arkansas is going to kind of coast here. Maybe that would have happened in in the regular season, not in the tournament. Texas Tech is able to close it, and then it's within one or two possessions the rest of the way. Mac McClung misses uh, the front end of a one and one. Uh, what was that? Second, third, or fourth to last possession? I can't remember. It was, it was real late in the game. And then you get two back to back, really good looks on layups that would have either tied or, or taken the lead. One from Shannon, one from Edwards, I believe. Not that singling them out was really any good because it's, it's really not on the players. Like the team was able to get the offensive looks that you would have wanted in a one possession game. Yep. There were some people that were criticizing Chris Beard from, for not taking that time out there. Uh, especially when Kyler Edwards had the ball with like 10 seconds left at the top of the key. And it looked like he had just run into like a player was about to lose the ball. It's like, maybe, maybe you take a time out there and kind of reset things. Um, but we've also seen Chris Beard this season, at least not do that. He didn't do it in Austin. It worked out. You want to you wanna let your players do what they do. Um, I don't know if Chris Beard and his staff are like super great at coming up with out-of-bounds plays. It just doesn't seem like something we've seen. I know. I, do you remember, was it whatever they drew up for Culver in the national championship game was just kind mm. of like a prayer of a corner three? Yeah. And yeah, if he'd have made that, my gosh, that would have been incredible, but that was a super tough shot, but he had to take it because the clock, anyway, I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not really no, that so, concerned about it. I'm not, you know, I feel like Shannon and Edwards were both probably hoping for the foul there. I think both of their layups were pretty strong. Yeah. They were just trying to, it, it felt like they went pretty high on the backboard because they were probably expecting to get hammered. And then they kind of, I don't really don't think they did. So I have no issues with that. You mentioned McClung's missed free throw right before that. McCuller missed um, a free throw. I think 
I think he was a two. It was a yeah. He was a shooting foul, so he he missed his second shot. But what's you know, I got hung up on those free throws, and then I realized those are the only two free throws they missed the entire half. Tech went nine for eleven in the second half, and just happened to miss those back to back ones in crunch time. And so we're obviously dwelling on those, and I'm talking to myself too to just kind of chill out on that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, you, you look at the missed free throws and the missed um, layups there, but like, like you said, you shot nine of 11 in the second half. You would take 82% from the free throw line in a half. I don't. And, and one of the, the defensive defenses I was taking uh, of Chris Beard is like, I don't know if he would have gotten a better look than you did with Kyler Edwards at the rim with seconds yeah. left. Like, yeah, I don't I, know I, if you get a better shot. I doubt it. And I'm, I'm okay that like, that's where the ball ended up. That's who had it. That's who took the shot. Like I'm happy with that. He missed it. That happens. I mean, you can't make every dang shot. You, you made 36% on the night. Yeah. So I mean, it I was, mean, it was a really, if, if you, if you just sat here and looked at the stats, you're going, how'd tech lose this game? You know, tech tech shot thirty six percent. Yeah, Arkansas shot forty two. But tech shot fifty percent from three. Arkansas shot twenty three. And you're about Arkansas, even in free throws. Yeah, about even on free throws. I mean, turnovers are about even. Arkansas with eight. No, they nine, they were yeah, both nine. Nine and nine. Three blocks to Arkansas only had one. Rebounds thirty eight. Tech thirty six. Arkansas. I mean, it was, it's just it was as even as it sounded, except for the runs, which was just insane. I. I got completely disheartened with about nine minutes left on the, I think it was on the fast break dunk that got called with a technical because he pulled up. The yeah. Arkansas player pulled up. He kind of like, it, it, yeah. I was like, ball game. That's it. I, I was checking, I was emotionally checking out to try to save myself from uh, staying up all night worrying about this game. And then sure enough, they fought back and got right back in it, which of course they did. But I, I wasn't feeling it at that point. No, and 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 I, I was with you. Like at that point, I was like, I I, I agreed. I was like, man, it just doesn't feel like you're going to be able to, to come back into this. Um, so you finish the game, or you finish the season losing in the second round to Arkansas. Um, like at the time, I was frustrated and hurt. Like this, it sucked. Yeah. But you were a six seed playing a three seed. You lost by two points you won't look around the rest of the, this tournament and seeing all these huge major upsets or Kansas playing in a three, six game and losing by 20 points. Like what the heck was happening up there? I mean, this is not a Kansas basketball podcast. I don't, I don't really care, but like there's no shame in losing the way you did to who you did. Sure. We, we can nitpick. And I, I mean, there's not much else I want to talk about besides Santo Silva. And I don't want to be like the guy that always rails on him because like me and uh and bro have a disagreement about who we would want on the roster there. The biggest thing, I think you saw him just vanish. Like he did not play a large stretch of the second half, especially down late in the game. Um Chibuzo Agbo got a lot of minutes, at least for him. Yeah. I mean, he got yeah, 10 minutes. I would have loved to see more than one minute for Tyreek Smith. Well, and I would have loved to have seen some productive minutes from Burton. Yeah. I think Burton came in and turned the ball over every time he came in. 
He played nine minutes. Including a backcourt. I'm I'm sorry, Burton and 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 family and friends. And I'm I'm I won't rail on it because I know stuff just happens, but I don't know if I've ever seen that blatant of a backcourt um in a D one (laughs) game. Yeah. Just I, I mean, completely crossed it, turned and then and then passed it just obviously as could be to I think it was McLung that hurt. Um, but yeah, you know I, what? The, 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 like benefit of the doubt, he probably looked and like, he's like, I shouldn't do this as he's letting it go. Like, oh, I'm sure. He's I like, mean, what the heck am I doing? We have probably all been there at some point if anyone's dribbled a basketball. And I, I think kind of what we're getting at here is right after the game, I was pretty, pretty hot. I was pretty disappointed. I chose just not to tweet hardly at all. And, then I read this from Norrence Odiase, and it really kind of put things into perspective. And I wanted to read this with you guys. He tweeted that same night. He said, I'm not ready for the quote, run it back next year tweet just yet. These boys battled, man. Canceled tourney, canceled workouts, canceled games, canceled life. It felt like to go through all that to get back to this stage. Warriors, man, I am so hurt for these men. And so that really, that brought me back down to, okay, this was an insane year. Everyone had the exact same insane year, but the fact that this group of guys still managed to get to this game, you know, through the first round for sure, get within a layup of possibly getting to the sweet 16 in this kind of a crazy year. So, yeah, I mean, as far as the players are concerned, they're absolutely warriors. I'm, I'm with you on that. And, I don't want to I don't want to sound too down or too negative, but we have reached that point as fans where we are blessed to be here. We know this. We're fortunate that a second round exit is you don't want to say unacceptable, but it's it is disappointing. You feel like, man, there was there was more in the tank. We were so talented. We had just a few things bounce this way. We could have this or we could have that. And you can say that without being negative. You could just oh man, it was just right there and almost had it. And I I know that's something we talked about, about coming into this season, sweet 16 may have felt like the goal, um, the floor, especially when you consider the talent. And then within a week of the season starting, you lose your McDonald's all American, Namari Burnett and Joel and Tomboy, who has been sitting on the bench waiting for his chance and played three games. Um, and then you dealt with trying to, you know, piece this team together again with all the things you just mentioned. It just, I don't know. I disappointed that we lost in the second round. Grateful to then realize that like our expectations are so high now after only a couple of like really good years with beard, like this is now the expectation. It's just not been the case for Texas tech. Ever. It's a crazy thought. It's 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 really fun to think about the same conversation we were probably having about tech basketball when they went to the tourney with Tubby Smith and it just felt like, oh man, you're just glad to be there. You're just thrilled. It's unbelievable that they made it. And then you know, here we are six years later thinking, Well, you know, I mean, it wasn't sweet sixteen, but I guess that's okay. Kind of th- thinking and it's just all about perspective, which I believe Odiase put 
very well, a lot better than, than I could have said it to. Yeah. So if you, to make yourself feel a little bit better, you want to look around the big 12 a little bit, the yes. first round, everybody in the big 12 won, except for Texas. I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I don't care for Abilene Christian. They I grew lost. up around Abilene. I do not care for them, but um, this did not hurt my feelings. <laughs> lost Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian has, has since lost as well. So they, they've been eliminated, but big 12 goes six and one in the in first round. Second round, un- unfortunately for the Big 12, everybody else except for Baylor lost. Oklahoma, yeah. Oklahoma State, Kansas, Texas Tech, West Virginia, all eliminated in like 24 hours. Um, it was rough. Uh, and then, you look, like I said, you look around the brackets, you, like, you see kind of the, the path that has been paved for Baylor and Gonzaga to meet up in the national title and just the one versus one. You're just like, Oh my gosh, like the path couldn't be easier for them. Cause you look around like who's left to challenge them. Like Loyola is an eight seed. <laughs> Oral um, Roberts, Oral Bob as a lot of people like to get in on <laughs> Arkansas plays Baylor. I mean, I, I think that that could be a good game. I don't know, man. So, um, so overall season impressions, I think we kind of settled on disappointed on the results, uh, on Sunday, not surprised. Where do you see room for improvement moving forward? I definitely, and I think we've talked about this a lot, even today, we've already mentioned it a little bit, but I think we need a big man. We need a legit big man. And I, or just some size, I'm I'm not sure. Because small ball can only get us so far, it feels like. Uh, anytime we come across a team with a lot of size, somehow we were able to manage it against Texas. I still, I'm still unsure how that worked out two out of three times this year with the size they had. But Kansas definitely... Um, had the advantage pretty much every team we played in the big 12 almost had had a some sort of size advantage so i really think that's where tech should focus that was the one tweet that i mentioned after the game was that you know beard he might be browsing the transfer portal this evening with a taquito trying to find a a big man can i and i would like to see more tyreek um oh my gosh i totally blanked on his last name smith Smith. Ugh, Can we just call him Reek? <laughs> I know. I, I usually, I, I said Tyreek and it threw me off. I, I just, I, I know he doesn't need, need my help, but I just, I want to point Beard's nose towards Chapel Hill, North Carolina. All right. Oh, what's going on? What's going on over there? Former five-star freshman, Walker Kessler, center transferring from North Carolina. Five-star center, seven one two forty five. His season numbers aren't so great, but if you look at that's probably why he's transferring. Uh, there are a lot of people saying that Roy Williams was kind of forcing things for another player to get the playing time that Kessler probably should have gotten. But you look at a game he played in the ACC tournament versus Notre Dame. Dude, like like Kata, but against, you know, Notre Dame instead of Texas <laughs> Tech. Uh, very nearly had himself a triple double, like 16 points, um, 
a dozen or so rebounds and like eight blocks. No, no, no. Other way around. I think he had like eight block or sorry, eight rebounds and 12 blocks. It was like, oh, that's it, it was, it was backwards. What, what you would have expected. Um, you're like, yes, yes. I, 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 I inject this into my veins. The problem is a lot of people are saying, oh, he's probably going to Gonzaga, which I wouldn't doubt. I don't follow the transfer portal all that well, except I looked at the Gonzaga roster when somebody said that our man, Ryan Mainville said, oh, he's probably going to Gonzaga. I looked it up. Gonzaga has, well, currently on their roster, they have two seven footers that are underclassmen that play minutes. They have two more that are six ten and over. One of those is Timmy, who's going to be going pro. Um, but there's that. They also lead for the number one recruit in the country. This signing class, which is also a seven foot center. So I find it highly unlikely that they will have four roster spots for seven foot plus centers up in yeah. Spokane. Yeah. I mean, share, share the wealth a little bit. Now they do play with like, they have one of the biggest rosters I've ever seen. I was looking at, it, I was like <laughs> good gravy. Like you, you think about like, it's the inverse of Texas tech, right? They have like one or two guards that are six, three and under everybody else is six, eight and above. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Everyone on tech's team is six, seven or below that plays. Here, I think PV might be listed at six, eight. I can't remember, which feels generous. Yeah. But, okay. but yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would welcome, I think we're on the same page here. I would welcome the presence of a big man. I really think that's going to be a difference maker. I think Santo Silva did exceptionally well for, you know, his height in the position that he was in forced to, go against these larger guys uh, forced to play some volleyball basically and slap the ball out to the top of the key and hope someone in red or black caught it as opposed to just grabbing it, which I understood and it drove me nuts at the exact same time, but there wasn't a lot of option there. So, so um, I would re I would welcome a big guy. I, I, I think tech could use it, but I'm not going to expect it because beard has yet to really, He's pursued a few, he's gotten a few, and then he's let them go. Yeah, that's and, the other or thing. Or he's never played them, or vice, you know, or both, you know. Um, so I, I really don't think it'll actually happen. It was just kind of seems like a good idea to us who do a podcast <laughs> and and watch a lot of tech basketball. Yeah, I mean, you've got a seven footer on on campus now, and you, and you don't use them. Well, he's not, he's green. He is so green. I don't think he's, I but think like he's still a year or two away from playing mean, meaningful minutes, but that's not Chris Beard's roster style. Like he doesn't bring on projects. He brings on guys that are ready now and he keeps guys that are contributing. Yeah. Like I would not be surprised to see Vlad golden leave because he's not going to have playing time. And Chris Beard's not the kind of guy that's just going to hang around with a guy that's not playing. Speaking of transfers, you know, we talked about who we might like to see come in. You've already kind of started the list. Who, who do you think might transfer out 
golden. Yeah. Um, that would I, surprise me too much unless he's willing to stick around. I mean, he may, he, he may not be able to latch onto a roster somewhere immediately. Unless Chris tells him to Chris. Why am I? I don't know him. Best I'm buds. sorry. <laughs> First name. Um, so I, I know Burton was a surprise that he got eligibility this year. I, I don't think he would leave, but I don't, I don't know if he was supremely happy with his role. Yeah. I, I mean, we didn't think hate- Tomboy would leave after that saga from the year before, but here we are. I would hate to see Tyreek Smith leave or Agbo leave. But I think both of those guys could make a case. Um, Sento Silva as a senior still has the opportunity to come back because I think everybody's allowed this year of eligibility back. Um, McClung could, should be back. Shannon could, should be back. Yeah, I mean, there's talk of them declaring, but I don't see a lot of traction there, especially with McClung, uh, with the way his product his productivity really went downhill the last seven or eight games. Uh, Shannon kind of helped his stock a little bit, I think in the tournament, but I don't know if it's enough to declare for the draft and, and, and get on a roster. And then Nadolny, I mean, he did play a lot of minutes for Texas tech, but maybe he wants to go somewhere where he could be, you know, a starter. And I don't think he's going to be a starter at Texas tech. I don't know if he's going to either. I, I mistakenly thought that before the year started, I thought he would crack the start in five at some point, and he, he never he never did. And it's I guess it's worth mentioning too that Beard stuck with Shannon starting over Peavy. What the last three games of the season? I think he did that against Texas as well in the Big Twelve tourney. So I, it's there's, there's going to be this is what we've come to expect with these off seasons with beard. There's going to be a lot of turnover. There's going to be some movement. There's going to be some last minute stuff happen. So we'll just go on that ride and see where we wind up in October. So what's funny looking at the roster really quickly. Um, there are positions listed there, which are kind of iffy and beard system anyways, but Micah PV is listed at a guard six, seven two fifteen. Tyreek Smith is listed at a Ford six, seven two twenty. Yeah. That five, five pounds, pounds makes you a forward. <laughs> five pounds differentiates a gardener forward here at six seven. Um Marcos Santos Silva is also listed at six seven. McCullough is at six six as a guard. Agbo is listed as a guard at six seven. So So the for the most part, the tallest guy on the court all season was six seven. I mean, there's nobody over that except golden, except golden who's seven one. He played 15 minutes tops. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Could so, use some size. That's all I'm saying. That's all we're saying. I people. would love some size. Um, so yeah, with that, I, I think, I think I'm ready to wrap basketball. I think I am too. And it's, it's one of those things where like, with the way that beard churns his roster, like we won't really know what to do or talk about until October. And that's <laughs> a long time away. 
but we could speculate and speculate and sure is fun. Yeah. So guys, until then bet online is the fastest and easy way to bet on all of your sports action. NBA's in full swing. I was watching the Mavericks take on Culver and the Timberwolves before jumping on here tonight. College basketball heating up in the, in the March madness in the madness. I was going to say tournament is here. And so is the $100,000 bracket madness contest as bet online is the spot to be for all your bracketology needs. Bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And as most of you know, eBay Sneakers is a new sponsor for the podcast. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. In partnership with eBay, Armchair Media will be raffling off four custom-made sneakers. Each purchase you make before March 31st through ebay.com slash sneakers will enter you into a drawing for a one-of-one pair of Air Force One low tops. Just send a screenshot of your purchase to at armchair media, or you can even send it to us at 23 personnel on Twitter or Instagram, and we will get you entered into that drawing. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.
Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Michael, let's, uh, let's hit the diamond. Let's talk some Do baseball. It.
right, so speaking of playing the Cowboys, you hosted your first Big 12 conference series this past weekend against the Pokes from Oklahoma State. Unfortunately, your 14-game season win streak came to an end Friday when you lost 2-0. That uh, Oklahoma State starter was just a little bit salty. Yeah, sure sure seems like it. Well, I mean, it's not like Birdsell didn't No, Bert Birdsell's I mean, he 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 pitched a heck of a game. He pitched what into the 7th or something. Birdsell's coming along. Um Birdsell went a full 7 innings. Sheesh. Which I think is his I longest. Know, I didn't know he went full 7. I just I, th- I thought he went into the 7th, but I didn't know he made it out. Yeah, I think it's the furthest he's gone into a game. Parker Scott was a starter and winner for Oklahoma State. He also went seven full innings. But if you look at the lines, man, it's hard to say. Like, I mean, obviously, when one pitcher gives up two runs and you lose two nothing, it's easy. But like, their lines are so similar. Parker Scott, seven seven innings, six hits. No runs, one walk, nine strikeouts. Birdsell, seven innings, two hits, two runs. Only one of those was earned. One walk, nine strikeouts. Yeah, really similar. Um, Birdsell threw 94 pitches. Scott threw 106. Um, so you lose that game. Um, I think... I'm a lot more confident in saying that Birdsell's probably locked down that Friday night spot. Um, you know, a week ago we were saying, I don't know yet. Like he's getting there. Maybe I like Micah Dallas coming in uh, to take that spot back. Uh, but I think we've seen now with Birdsell kind of solidifying that Friday night spot. Dallas is that uh, key late long inning reliever that. Tad, Tadlock will call on um, in really high leverage situations. And he seems to really excel in that role. Yes. Um, when, Which is a great segue to the next game. <laughs> yeah. So you roll into, in, into Saturday. Um, you end up winning Saturday. Sorry, 4-2. Patrick Monteverdi is the starter and the winner. He's now four and O on the season. Micah Dallas gets the save. Um, you score one run in the third Oklahoma state ties it up in the fourth. You then put up three runs uh, in response in the fourth, to take a four, one lead. And then you go scoreless for four straight innings, five, six, seven, and eight. And it got a little hairy. You got some guys mm-hmm. on base on defense in that ninth inning. Oklahoma State was able to scratch a run across to get to 4-2. But like I said, Micah Dallas came in, close it out. Uh, you only used two pitchers uh, that night. Patrick Monteverdi goes six full innings, gives up six hits, one run. Only three strikeouts, which is a little low for him, 86 pitches. Micah Dallas goes three full innings. Gives up three hits and a run, one walk, five strikeouts, two wild pitches, though, on 47 pitches. Um, so you like that efficiency, three innings and 47 pitches. You maybe want a, a few fewer than that, but 
On the other side, uh, Robleski from Oklahoma State, their starter, six innings, five hits, four runs, two of those earned, one walk, six strikeouts on 100 pitches. Campbell comes in, goes two innings, only gives up one hit and one walk. Um, I'll kind of touch on your your offensive players uh, a little bit more when I talk about some interesting stats that the team is kind of putting together. Um, like, but let's just say right now it is Jace Young's baseball team. Just. It seems that way. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me at all. At least with the batness and um, your pitchers, I think your starting rotation of Birdsell, Monteverdi and Montgomery. Like, they are so solid. Like that's probably the the most solid three you've had since you had both Gingery and what's his name? Why can't I think of his name? I can't help you. The other oh. starting pitcher that you had for a couple of seasons that was just dominant. But even then, that there's Sunday. Um, Guy, I, I think that was also one of those years was the Dylan Dushek and Ryan Shetter combo. The Dushetter, yeah. The Dushetter. But this year, um your 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 weekend rotation is salty. Then when you look at your um your relievers, you're really happy with Micah Dallas. You really like how Andrew Devine is coming on still a little shaky. Connor queen is probably going to be your, your closer when it comes to those close games that, um, where Dallas is not pitching. Uh, I, I, he currently leads your team in saves. Um, on, Oh, and then, uh, Ryan sublet also out of the bullpen following that opening weekend has really kind of, Got a handle on things Sunday and the rubber match going for the series win. You come in, you score three runs in the third, two more in the fourth, one in the fifth. At that point, you take a six one lead. Oklahoma state is able to score two in the sixth and then two more in the ninth. Again, things getting a little hairy. Um, that was even worse of a situation to be in on Sunday. Um, because you did get the bases loaded. You did. Um, I believe you walked in one of those runs. I can pull this up really quickly. Yeah. Ninth. Well, I, so I um, completely missed all that because it was probably about the seventh inning. It was, it was the eighth. It was the eighth inning when I switched from listening to the baseball game to watching the basketball game. And so I, I just was like, oh, okay, you know, it's six, three, sounds like everything's going to be all right. And then I, I think at halftime I saw the score of the baseball game and thought, holy cow, <laughs> they barely, they barely got out of that thing. Yeah. So in the ninth, um, one of their, their batters reached on a fielder's choice, um, had a runner advance to second one and then an error that runner got to third. Um, and then Mathis. On five pitches, walked to with the bases loaded to score to get it to six five. Derek Bridges is, is the pitcher of record at that point. He does come back to strike out the final batter uh, and earns himself a save. Um, 
So you do get the the series win versus the pokes, and you have some kind of ridiculous advantage over Oklahoma State and like all sports going back for a couple of years. Like, so you lost the two basketball games this year. You've lost two ba- two baseball games. If you count uh, one on Friday, then one going back to the super regional. Um, so four games and like twenty something matchups. Like you, you it, I don't have the numbers in front of me. So it's, it's something ridiculous like that. Um, so you get that you were one of only two big 12 conference series this past weekend. So there's not a lot of big 12 only stats, uh, which we'll talk about here in a second. I think Baylor and Oklahoma were the other teams that played, um, this upcoming weekend though, really quickly, you're going to be hosting South Florida Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, but like I said, I, I want to talk about some stats though. In the notes, I, I've, I've got a link to the um, to these. But Texas Tech is third in the Big Twelve in batting average, and that includes three of the top ten batters in the conference: Jace Young, Drew Baker, Cal Conley. Your shortstop second combo, and then your left fielder. Normally batting one, two, three for you, um, or one, two, four, depending on where noisy is, um, who's held, held up a little bit higher in the batting order than you would typically see based on what he has been able to do for you in years past. He's been struggling a little bit. Um, but if you go to the, the, the pitching side, you are fifth in the country. Nope. Sorry. Fifth in the conference in team ERA. So this is every pitcher. Uh, Monteverdi is third in the big 12. So the third best in terms of ERA at 0.93. He did give up a couple more runs or one more run on Saturday. Opponent batting average for Monteverdi is only 160, which is good for second in the big 12. In his 29 innings pitched, he is giving up less than one walk per nine innings pitched 0.93 and is striking out more than nine batters per nine innings pitched. So basically if he was to go a full game, you could kind of extrapolate. He's a nine and one nine strikeouts to one walk. You did face the guy that was top in the, the conference in ERA this weekend in um, Oklahoma state. The second guy though, Cole Larson at Kansas is putting up some ridiculous numbers. He's throwing a ton of innings. Uh, I believe he leads the conference in innings pitched at 42. Jeez. I think he's played in six games where Monteverdi's played in four, but still that means he's averaging seven innings per outing. Mm-hmm. Um, and even through 42 innings, he's got a 0.6, sorry, 0.86 ERA. His opponent batting average is just a little bit higher than Monteverdi's at 197, but he is striking out two more batters per nine than Monteverdi is. He is a little over nine, sorry, a little over 11 strikeouts per nine. So update on some of the stats we gave last week. Tech Tech has dropped two spots in terms of walks earned. Uh, so they're fourth in the country in walks earned. Jace Young leads your team on that and is second in the Big 12. The team is also 12th in on-base percentage in the country. Jace Young, again, second in the Big 12 there. 
You are first in the country in double plays turned. Oh, so, so again, looking at Jace Young uh, on defense, at least you've got 22 double plays and 20 games. You are eighth in the country in home runs where your team leader, Jace Young, is tied for first in the Big 12. He's also first in slugging percentage at .806 because, of course, it is. This is Lubbock. (laughs) Seventh in total runs scored. Jace Young is first in the Big 12 in RBIs. Yeah, you have a lot of good points there, even defensively. It's it's kind of Young's team. I mean, I, I know Wilson's made some killer defensive plays lately, but... And Parker Kelly at third. Like, if if we can get Kelly's bat to be more consistent, that mm-hmm. infield would be ridiculous. If you're looking at either Romback or Stillwell at first, because both of those guys can rake. Jay Young at second, Cal Conley at short, Parker Kelly at third. Right now is like the weak link. And then you get Fulford or Romback behind the plate. Which the, both of those guys have really done well. I mean, Romback especially. Mm-hmm with his bat, but if Fulford, I think he gunned down somebody this week and I think they've just played well at the catching position too. Yeah. You're not seeing as many pass balls um, as you did. Obviously again, you look at the, the opening weekend, there were a lot of things to clean up. I think you've seen that and you, you've cleaned up some of the errors, the pass balls, wild pitches. Um, you're batting a lot better. So Jace Young as the, uh, Repeat freshman or COVID freshman, however you want to uh, denote that, is just carrying this team, which is a good team to carry. I mean, it's not like he's just the best player on a bad team. Like, this is a really good team. Top top 10, top 5, depending on which polls you're looking at. Um, yeah, it's if he has a bad day, it's not the end of Tech baseball. No. You know, if, if he has a rough day or a rough series... Tech can pick up some slack, but man, yeah, he's, he's a great, a great talent. Yeah. So young is batting four Oh three right now on the season. He's the only batter over 400, but real close behind him is drew Baker. Your leadoff batter going three ninety five. Like that's the kind of average you want out of your leadoff. Um, Young's on base and slugging is 1327. Like I said, leading your team in home runs at eight. Um, Romback is closest with five. You've got two players with four and Conley and Fulford. Cody Masters has three. And a handful of others just have the one. Jace Young leads your team in RBI. Of course, if he's leading the conference, he's leading your team. 29. Conley's got 22. Romback has 18. Uh, as a leadoff hitter, Baker is gonna not not gonna have those same kind of numbers. He's got nine, but that's only when the batting order turns over and somebody's ahead of him that's on base. Um, yeah. So, Jace Young, it's a good good pickup there from San Antonio. <laughs> yeah, a, pretty your, decent. Your no duh statement for the night. Um. Like I said, you're, you're, be, you're will be, ho- wow, I can't get my, my conjugations right. You will be hosting South Florida this weekend. Um, I couldn't tell you one lick about them. I would point you over to Dinger Derby and Redder Dugout. They're going to have you all squared away. 
um, in terms of your preview for the weekend. Let's see really quickly. They are nine and nine on the season. Uh, seven and six at home, two and three on the road. They've played games against Florida Gulf Coast, Florida A&M, Stetson. They had a game scheduled against Florida State, but it got postponed. Florida Gulf Coast, Stetson again, Florida Atlantic, and North Florida. So not really strong competition there on their schedule. Um, say Stetson was once good. Florida State, it's decent, but they didn't play them. So fairly untested team coming in. And even then, only a 500 record. So you've got an opportunity to improve on your 16 and four record. Yeah. Yeah. Not too bad. Doing math on the fly. We're good here. You're doing it. You're fine. No basketball this weekend. So baseball is what you got. Unless you're going to sneak into some football spring practice, which Michael, you want to talk about some football? Yeah, let's do that a little bit. Yeah, I I think it's uh, yeah, I think it's time. couple things in football uh you've got your spring practice notebook over on staking the planes if you haven't seen that yet be sure to check it out biggest news is that tyler shuck is on campus and participating he is practicing with the team if you were looking closely there was a uh quarterback highlights hype reel video that came out over the weekend or maybe it was monday or tuesday um he's in there throwing uh, mm-hmm. He's the one not wearing shoulder pads because he's early on in his participation with Texas Tech, whereas the other guys have a couple of practices ahead of him. And like I said, his uh, official roster picture or that was released with the promo, it said that announced his his arrival. He's got a good head of hair on him, man. Some, oh, he does. As Kyle put it, elite lettuce. Yes. Uh, as, as a very bald man, I can... Um, you know, sometimes my my judgment of hair is probably a little bit too positive just because the people that have it, I'm thinking, oh, that's great. That's some good looking hair. My hair was terrible. I don't miss it. It was really it was it was just a mess. But uh, yes, fully agree with Kyle's assessment of the elite lettuce. So I've and, only known proud you. to have that back on back on the turf. Anxious to see how it looks in the Lubbock wind. 
I've I've only known you as a a head shaver. I, mm. I've never seen you with hair. Um, <sighs> so I couldn't. I can't even picture what it would look like right now. Um, oh, it was so bad. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, uh, he's on campus. Michael's got a note here. He's will only miss two of the fifteen spring practices, which is a lot better off than I thought. I didn't think he'd be able to get here till uh, after the term was over. Uh, early summer, late spring at the very earliest, but no, he shows up in campus end of March, ready to go. We'll hit 13 of the 15 practices. And according to Seth's post, I think they had, uh, uh, last week was supposed to be spring break, but wasn't technically, but I think they had some practices off last week. So that may be what helped him, um, not miss as many as it seemed like he might have coming in right now. Yeah. Um, the you think thing, he'll start? You think he'll start? Are we going to talk starting quarterbacks? I've, no, not for yet. the next six months. <laughs> um, he, Barry Morgan going to start? What about Donovan Smith? Donovan Smith going to start? Is Mav McIver going to surprise everybody? Is Columbia just going to just win everybody over? What's going to happen, Spencer? So if if you look at that video that. Rob bro retweeted and I responded to Rob bro uh, that basically showing some quarterback highlights about just them slinging it. It's like, you know, knowing full well, this is coming from the football department, the, the, the football team and their, their Twitter account that it's fully edited and we're showing parts of clips of the best With plays. No pressure. No yes. pressure. I was like, Oh boy, those guys look good. <laughs> I was a little look too at excited. them out there slinging it. Just look at them. Look at them. They look good, man. Um, Ooh, bowl game. Here we come. So, if you want to talk about uh, starting quarterbacks or the rotation, there, my man Seth has got Shuck first, then Donovan Smith. I like this. I like I, it too. We've, we've kind of hinted it. I, I don't know. I, I've, I'm a little bit bullish on is bullish. Good. Maybe I should figure out what that is. Bullish. Good. It's either that or bear. So I think bearish bullish is well better. I, I would buy stock in Donovan Smith if I could. I'll say that bullish versus bearish. <laughs> I don't know. I just hear people yes. say, well, I'm a bit bullish on that. And I'm like, I just assume I always assumed it was good, but I never looked it up. Okay, bull so market is the bull market good? B- a bullish investor believes that the price of one or more securities will rise. There we are. So if you're bullish on Shuck, you're thinking he's going to get better and his his stock will rise. There we go. So yeah. See, I'm happy, I happy to, to pro- provide the uh, definition for our listeners. I got stonks. I got stonks over here. I'm just <laughs> swimming in GameStop stonks. Stonks on stonks. Um, yeah, man, spring practice. If, if there is a public spring game, are you going? I'll probably ask you every time. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, like if it's the timing of it, if it's a weird Friday afternoon or, a you know, 37 degree Saturday morning, I don't know. We'll just kind of have to see. Probably, which is, which is I will possible. probably go. That. 37, you mentioned that it's 40 degrees right now. Yeah. I think the high was 47 today. 
Because why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing, uh, some local football news is Lubbock Cooper defensive end standout over there alongside Kobe McKenzie, who was committed to Texas Tech for a long time uh, as a number one rated player in the country, number one linebacker especially, flipped his commitment to OU. But uh, Kyler Jordan, who some people believe is as good of a player uh, for this Lubbock Cooper team, grew up a Texas Tech fan, obviously here from Lubbock, committed to Baylor. (sighs) So... Let me get your. Uh, we don't fault the kid. The, the, let's no. let's get this out there first. We're we're not we're not disappointed that. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I know where you're going. So, Matt Wells, early on in his Texas Tech career, said he's going to recruit West Texas kids first and then grow from there. Go from there. However, we've seen not that. We we we've seen Texas Tech and Lubbock kids get the preferred walk-on treatment in February, like a week before signing day, which we saw, you know, you picked up a handful of Lubbock kids this year. But when you've got multiple division one talent players in the city, whether you're considering Lubbock Cooper and friendship and all that kind of stuff, especially when you throw in that they want to play for Texas tech and they don't get recruited and then commit and sign with other division one teams, especially within the conference. You're like, Hey, Matt Wells, this is, <laughs> this is your backyard, man. What you doing? Yeah, it, it stings. It stings even more because I, I don't, I'm not sure if you mentioned it yet or not, but the timing was just terrible. He was, uh, Jordan was offered by Baylor in late January. I think the 29th tech did offer him but not until March 2nd. He had six and weeks. Basically, yeah, he basically had six weeks to talk himself out of going to his his preferred choice of school and, you know, talk himself into, okay, you know, Waco's, Waco's a good place to live. It's, you know, it's got a good program there. I'm excited about the coach and or whatever. You know, you just you talk yourself into that and then your, um, your number one choice comes back with a, offer later and you're like, Nope, I'm sorry. I've already, I've already talked myself into this other sure thing and I'm going to go that direction. He would have been your first 2022 commit so far. Your yeah. Class so far, we got the zero. goose egg, got the goose egg right now, which as Kyle pointed out in our Slack chat is good for 10th in the conference and recruiting. Hey, that sounds about right. You usually have some guys in your class by now, but no, Zero for zero, zero of zero, 10 of 10. All right. And that's football. <laughs> that's, that's what we have on football. Michael, <laughs> let's, uh, let's wrap this up and get to what we learned. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. Hey man, little league season started on Tuesday, which is last night for me for today, for yes. us recording. <laughs> for today. Wow. You still don't know what day it is. No, today's Wednesday. So you remember, remember me talking about that, uh, that team we played last year that just destroyed us. And I was like, this is the wrong division. So 
not the same team, same coaches. Um, and they chose the same team mascot. Um, I have, I've, I've been in contact with their coach a lot more this season. So like the relationship has been smoothed over like, Oh, there you go. That's we, good. We've talked, we've chatted. Um, we were joking Patch around up. Uh, pregame. Like he said, I know this is ridiculous. This is like at lunch on Tuesday. Like, I know this is ridiculous, but the guy that's keeping our books at the game tonight wants to know if you have your, your lineup card ready. I was like, I don't even know who's coming to the game tonight, man. Just kind of joking around. <laughs> um, we had all 12 of our kids there. I was like, whoa, I think it's the first time we've had all, all 12 kids together since like our first practice, which is really sad. Um, but because I've, this is, this feels so wrong, but because I've lowered my expectations and, oh. and I, I held this coach and their, this team up on a pedestal losing by 10 runs last night. I did not leave frustrated. You just kind of just kind of like knew it was coming. And when we got down to our final at bat, and we had our weakest three batters up. I was like, all right, guys, start packing. Up. I, I didn't say it, but I was like, <laughs> pick your stuff up. Let's get ready because there's a game after us. And we got to get off the field. Like it, it wasn't out of frustration. I was just like, I just saw it coming. And what happened? We had three straight strikeouts. Again, we, we have time to work with these kids. We're, we're, we'll get better. Um, lost 16 to six proud that we got six runs. I was happy. Like we made some really good plays. Um, they got 16 runs because we had, we let them score eight runs in the second inning. And most of that was because they lost focus. Like they scored two runs in the first and then we tied them in the first. It was like, who's here to play baseball, man. Let's go. (laughs) But here I am yelling and all my family's asleep. I was like, we're tied with the Rockies after one inning. Oh no. But I was like, I was taking this to the wire, but I was trying to keep the kids engaged and excited. Um, and then like, they just lost focus and like things that we're going to start working on at practice tomorrow. But like we gave up eight runs and then we hit the weak spot on our order. Uh, and I gotta, I gotta figure out how to get a good little league lineup. Cause like one, you want your best batters to bat the most, right? So like, sure. you don't, you don't want to like split up all your, your good guys and put them, you know, throughout the lineup. But also like there were stretches where we would go two innings and have six straight strikeouts. Like we, we played, we, we played five innings and I believe our second and third innings and then our fifth innings were all strikeouts and like, in consecutive batters. So maybe we got to break that up, but like, I don't want to put our best batter. I don't want to break up our best batters. So anyways, we got some learning to do. Um, we got some consistency to find in terms of our, our batters defense at this age. It is what it is. They, they didn't do anything egregious besides just not pay attention, which there's seven year olds. They're six and seven. Yeah. I mean, like when you see him play, you're like, oh man, some of these kids are really good. And then you realize like some of the kids on these teams 
will turn nine during the season. Whereas Grayson won't turn seven until the fall. <laughs> like there is a big age group here. Yeah, that's true. Like he is, he, he missed the cutoff of playing and in, in, in modified T-ball again by two weeks because they do the school age cutoff. So they're looking at school age seven and eight year olds as of September 1st. That's a wide range. I mean, there's a lot of difference between a six-year-old and a nine-year-old. Well, here's the thing. We've got second graders and kindergartners on, on this team. Oh, man. So it's like, it's, it's just hard to keep all them together. It's hard to keep them focused too. Yes. So got to figure that out. Um, going yard really quickly. I mowed again today and it was glorious. I loved it. It's great. Lawn's Sounds coming, awful. Lawn's coming back. The front yard is still like, it looks the worst it's probably ever looked, but it's, it's coming back. I didn't notice while I was mowing today. My neighbor who has Bermuda who scalped it a few weeks ago. I was looking I was like, Hmm, it's coming back too. Look at that. Well, I think, I think, uh, the, the big freeze killed our shrubs. Oh no. <laughs> I think they are dead. So I'm kind of putting off the inevitable of probably having to dig them up. So we'll see how that goes. But for me, on what I learned is I am going, I am determined to make some homemade hot sauce. So not by, salsa. Okay. I was about to say by, by hot sauce, do you mean salsa, but no. Yeah. I mean, actually hot sauce because Allison got me a great gift for Christmas, which was just a box with some seasonings and some dried peppers and some bottles and vinegar and stuff. And it was some recipes to how to make your own hot sauce. And so I made two of those recipes and neither of them were very good. And I don't think it's my fault because I, I, I swear I was following everything exactly right, but all the peppers that were in it were dried peppers. And so I wonder if they just aren't packing as much of a punch as I would want. So I think my solution is to make some hot sauce with some fresh peppers, mm. which I plan to take a stab at this weekend. I've got a couple of recipes in mind. It's kind of hard to find peppers that aren't, you know, like the standard five that you see everywhere. If you're, if you're looking for even red jalapenos, those are kind of hard to find, but there was a red jalapeno sauce where you roast the red jalapenos before you add like garlic and onion and tomato and some other stuff. And then you make a hot sauce out of that. And that sounded really good to me. And then there's another one I'm looking at doing, which is a habanero cilantro. Hmm. So I've got some recipes and I'm going to see how it goes and I may never do it again because I, I might, uh, I'm not sure how it's going to be like boiling 30 habanero peppers <laughs> on the stove <laughs> after they've been chopped up with a food processor. I might run out every single person in the house. Paint might peel. Um, I may not have any nose hairs afterwards. I have no idea how that's going to go. So it may be a one-time deal, but I'm, she, she planted the seed and I'm like, I'm determined to make some good hot sauce at least once. <laughs> do, do you have like, like a Turkey fryer, like one of those outdoor burners you could boil? I sold on? it recently. Oh, I well, sold okay. it recently. On you then, yeah. I guess I used to though. Yeah. So that sounds interesting and like something I'd want to do, but I want to, I'd want to know the sauce I'm making before I make it. So like almost want to have like a, this is a spoof off of 
Louisiana hot sauce. If you like Louisiana hot sauce, this is what you want to make or something similar to that. Well, they have some like that, but the trick with them is several of these recipes require you to ferment the peppers for seven days. And I'm like, Hey, one step at a time. Let me try to just make it because everyone I'm like, Oh, this is a, a Cholula copycat. I was like, okay, first off you get, you, you ferment the things for, I was like, okay, I, I can't, I don't and, need and one that ferments. I need to cut out some steps. I can get to fermenting later, but there is, yeah, there's a Louisiana style one. And there was a, there was a Frank's red hot one basically that was Ooh, just cayenne. I like that one too. Right. And that's the one I really wanted to do, but it's surprisingly hard to find cayenne pepper in Lubbock. So I don't know if I need to go to a, a certain, you know, a special supermarket or what, but like, yeah, it's like you just need the, the, the cayenne peppers themselves and not like the yeah, powder. fresh, yeah. yeah, fresh cayenne peppers. You can't just, I don't think you can just walk in and get you a bag of those, but no. So I, I I've noticed that that too, when I, I've tried to make chili before they all, they always call for some kind of specialty peppers. Like I know the produce section has jalapenos, habaneros and serranos. Yes. Like some of them are like, you need some guajillo and, and like ancho or, um, our bowl is like, you have to go to like the specialty Mexican spice aisle and they're dried you have to like rehydrate them. And I, yeah. I never like that taste. I know. And that's, that's, they tasted sweet. The peppers that I was rehydrating in that kit were, it's almost like it was sweet. It wasn't, didn't have any spice to it. That's why I'm just like, okay, start over. Let's not do any fermenting yet, but let's make one with just fresh peppers, see how that goes. And then if I don't hate it, then I'm going to keep going and we'll see. Maybe I'll make some good hot sauce. So if you find a place where you can find good peppers, let me know. Cause that sounds I interesting. Will, man. And, like even just to make uh, salsa, but even like, I don't know, maybe it's something you have to just grow yourself. We'll yeah. It, it make, may make get that way. Own. And I think I could handle growing some peppers. We'll see. But uh, I would imagine I may go try Amigos sometime and I know that there's a, I think there's an Asian market that might be a good one to try too. Yeah. It's like on 50th. Yes. Right by one guys, I think. That sounds about right. But I, I figured that those would, you know, I'm good. I'm just going to go to HEB and get what they have <laughs> this time. I'm going to take like three or four recipes and, and just, okay, I'm, I'm going to make do with what HEB has right now. And then if, yeah. So next time I may branch out. Okay. I'm really going to, I'm going to have to have some red jalapenos or I'm going to have to have fresh cayenne pepper and I've got to get it to make my, uh, knockoff Frank's red hot. <laughs> it may also not, not be in season for all these. So I, yeah, all those things are possible. I have no idea. I'm wading into the unknown, man. Well, let me know. Cause that all sounds interesting. I'm excited for you. I want to try it myself. But that'll do it for us this week on the 23 Personnel Podcast. The basketball season's over. We're devoted 100% now to baseball. Catching this weekend against USF and moving forward. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. 
Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.